Welcome in to another edition from JCHW Broadcasting, starring Joe Wilmot as your host on the podcast series called Dreams. Now, I don't know how to reference the type of experiences that I've been having. Um, more dreams, but uh, brief stays in each of them. You know, like uh, recollection of dream time, which would be, you know, if I recollection of approximately 10 seconds, that would be like 10 minutes in the real world. So my dream time... Or wait, reverse that. 10 minutes in dream time is like 10 seconds in real world time. If we're to associate time with dreams. And that's one thing that I don't really know how to do. Is associate time with dreams. You could fall asleep at, uh, say, 10 o'clock p.m. And you could have a dream around midnight. In your dream, if you were awake, you know, consciously, and you knew you were dreaming, and you were, like, experiencing an hour in dream time, that would equate to, like, 10 minutes in reality time. You know, the reality of our world. And... Gets me thinking, you know, based upon our last episode, that if we mesh and combine our dreams with our current present reality, that uh, time would be thrown off. And I think that it is. I think that there's enough people going through some sort of spiritual transformation some sort of consciousness, some sort of waking dream. Either they've stayed awake for a long period of time, they haven't gotten much sleep, they've been up for a week or, you know, eight days or whatever, haven't gotten much sleep. Therefore, you start to have the crossover of your dreams coming into reality. And when we reference that in accordance to time, we would say that's why time is going faster. Every day that you're alive, time speeds up. If you're alive for a year and you're born and you're just born, okay, that year that you're alive, is your entire life. If you're 29, like me, a year that you're alive, say from 29 to 30, would be 1 30th of your life. It would seem like time went by faster because you've experienced more life and your days go by faster and faster and faster the older you get. When you're 22, you say, I got all my 20s left. 
And then all of a sudden you're 29 and you're thinking to yourself, well, at least I got my 30s. I hope I do something more so than what I did in my 20s. And if you're like me, you just think to yourself and you hope that uh, you have more fond experiences. But that's not what I'm here to talk about. I'm here to talk about contentment. I'm here to talk about happiness, pleasantness, you know, uh, being fine and content with the way things are. And the way things are, are decent. You know, if you, if you reference me, which I, I mean, on JCHW Broadcasting, I reference me a lot because JCHW is my initials. So it's like, it's all about me. So I don't know how many people out there can relate to me, can connect to me, can, can feel and understand what it is that I experience. That's kind of why I do this is I kind of share everything with people, see how many people tune in and how many people, you know, come back to tune in. And I just kind of see, you know, if, if people can relate to me, but the experience that I'm having of, uh, you know, just living a plain ordinary life of casualty, casualty you know, just being casual about everything, you know, and having the utmost confidence. I mean, I have confidence. People would say I don't have confidence. That's why I don't go out and get a job where I have responsibility, but I have responsibility and that's to do the job that I want to do, which is my podcasting. I know I don't make much money doing it, but it is my passion. It is the degree that I got from Central to be a broadcaster and talk on a radio wave or a podcast wave, and it's what I'm passionate about. I don't want to settle for anything else, but uh, there are times where I'm going to need to work and you know make money outside doing my podcast, so that's why I figure I'll work for the family business. I'll work for my dad come springtime, a couple days a week, two or three days a week, half days, and earn a little bit of money. And that'll keep me in the working field a little bit, and it'll keep me active, and it will get me out of the house, and it will get me negotiating with uh, more sights and sounds and more stimulation, which is what I need. But what I'm here to talk about is enlightenment, nirvana and contentment now there'd be a time where i'd tell you i'm not content i want more people to talk to i want my friends to hang out with me that's immaturity that's youthful thinking my friends have moved on they have gotten jobs they're moved out of state they got lives of their own that they're carrying on as independent individuals. Okay? There's people I want to talk to. Some people don't have time to talk, but some people do. Some people want to do projects with you, and some people want to associate with you, and some people do not. That's just the acceptance and the disacceptance you get from a choice. 
of whether or not people want to accept you and your behavior into their lives. So I kind of bailed on a friend of mine's uh, podcast series or video blog series or video TV series on YouTube. And I feel great remorse for that. I, I feel, you know, like I quit again. And I feel like I quit. More often than not, I cannot make it through a full football season talking football. I just can't do it because I get worn down. I get bored with the game. And when the person you're talking to knows, you know, the setup, the situation, the organization, and you're just there for, you know, a brief opinion, I mean, it's not much value that I would get out of sharing my little knowledge that I have about the sport. Now, I have little knowledge about a lot of things, but I'm not heavily intelligent in any one area. You would say, yeah, but Joe, you study the Bible. You know a lot about the Bible, don't you? Well, I know concepts. I know ideas and, you know, I know basic stories of what the Bible teaches. And sometimes if I don't hear it explained through a, another human's, you know, perspective, I don't fully understand what I'm reading in the Bible because it is an incredibly difficult book to read and understand. So being that, uh, I believe at times I have cosmic consciousness and at times I don't, you know, universal consciousness, um, sometimes that goes away with, uh, the more experiences you have and, you know, the older you get, I feel like I was enlightened at 22 during my break and. Uh, I feel like I get enlightened into different knowledge when I'm in my psycho mode. But, uh, you know, the truth is, is that that is, you know, a false reality. You know, I say dreams in reality, bring it over from dreams and implement it into reality. And I, and I'd like to, I'd really, really like to, but if people were conscious of their dreams, if they could live out fantasies and dreams in reality, this would be an extremely dangerous world for we'd all be isolated within our own dreams. All of us would be trapped with a reality that is only real to ourselves. It wouldn't be real to anybody else. And we'd all have our own world the way that we wanted it, which would make all of us incredibly spoiled. It wouldn't make us, you know, uh, a united people of uh, of our culture, of our ethnicity, of, of where we're from, of, of the people that are in our present reality. It would make us susceptible to only the things that we deem acceptable. And it wouldn't challenge us. And without a challenge... There is nothing that can really satisfy somebody, I would say. I mean, challenges are a part of life. You know, I have a challenge to get out of debt. I have a challenge to pay off my house. 
I have a challenge to make more money. I have a challenge to find and achieve a girlfriend. I have challenges that affect me that, that I need to take into account and try to achieve these goals of mine. After I achieve these goals, I'm going to have more goals and, and new things to try to accomplish and achieve. And it just goes with the saying that you, you'll never be fully satisfied. If you have your dreams alive in your reality, how long is it going to be good for? Until you want to put a challenge in your dreams? Until you want to, you know, go on a secret, top secret business mission in your dreams? And if you die, then all of a sudden you, uh, you gain superpowers and you can't die or something of the sort of like that? I just think that uh, it's best to live in present reality no matter how ordinary, no matter how content, and how basic it can be. With that being said, we'll take a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back after these messages. I think to myself, what do I want to achieve in my reality? Are they the same things that I want to achieve in my dreams? My dreams, you know, oh, they can be sexual. You know, it's good for a night. Then you wake up and you want more and more and more. And you, before you know it, you're a sex addict without having sex. <laughs> you want more sex because you've been deprived of sex for so long. Then you get to the point where you think to yourself, man, when I get a wife, when I get a woman, all I'm going to want to do with her is have sex, 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 sex. Then you hear from somebody, yeah, but girls, you know, they all have sex in their teen years, in their early 20s, you know, in their youthful years. And, you know, by the time they hit their mid-20s, you know, it's not about sex anymore. They've already experienced the sexual life. They've already have had as much sex as they can possibly handle. And it's more about status. It's more about money. It's more about travel. They gain new insights and, and want to experience different things. And I'm like, hey, hello. I'm the guy who never had sex in my teen years, who was with a woman who, you know, was, you know, claiming abstinence. And then I had a little bit of sex. And then I had my break. And I was extremely weak. And then I didn't have sex for seven years. And then. You know, I just haven't had a lot of sex, and I'd like to have more of it. I'd like to experience it a little bit more and, you know, have the experience of, of having enough of it and being done with it for a while. You know, I'd like to, I'd like to have that. And, uh, you know, I'd like it to be with a fairly decent, attractive woman. Yeah. You know, and uh, that, that would be my idealistic, you know, what I would want to experience and if my dreams were my reality. But then you think to yourself, you know, it would be with different women. It would be with, you know, multiple women. It would be multiple situations. It would be role play. It would be a lot of the stuff you see in pornography or that you would create up off the top of your mind. A lot of scenarios that you could imagine. And I guess that's the best thing that you can do is just imagine things in your fantasy world of, of taking effect. But that's all it is. It's a dream. It's a fantasy. It's not real. 
unless it becomes real and then it becomes something more than just a fantasy it becomes you know fantasy meeting reality which is extremely hot i've had that happen to me like one time greatest experience i've ever had maybe more than one time a few times and it all had to do with sex so really my dreams you know about oh woman of my dreams oh uh you know fantasy dreams of reality you know it has to deal with you know women and sex i'm an incredibly lustful person i'm an incredibly wanting to to experience more than one woman and all this depriving me of interaction with women all this talking to women without actually going anywhere has turned me in to a crazy guy who wants to have sex with women, but he's not that attractive. I mean, he's attractive, but not in the modern sense of what women would accept as attractive. And believe me, there's a lot of women that I don't accept as, you know, the modern Joe Wilmot style of attractiveness. For one, you can't be skin and bone. I, I, I'm not attracted to that. I'm not attracted to thin women that are just thin they have no fat on them I, I i like a woman to have fat on her in in good areas and in regular areas and you know i like her to be down to earth but this isn't a joe wilmot dating show the dating hour of what joe's interested in this is you know a podcast that has to deal with uh dreams so let's get back and let's get focused on dreams you know, I'm sure God has a plan for me, whether or not it's to be, you know, like I said, St. Joseph Mercy, where he's going to make me a saint and make me have to carry out his work and, and do his deeds and, you know, be his servant and, uh, you know, work for God. And I'll eventually get everything in due time. You know, maybe what I'm feeling right now is, you know, a training session of you know how to cope with life the way it is right now in order to appreciate more what i do have when i do ex receive more i i do believe in the bible and i do believe god will give me that is what my heart desires but i do believe that he also wants my heart to desire the correct thing he doesn't want my heart to desire many women many experiences many you know fooling around i mean you can get stds uh you can create bad relationships you can create bitter relationships you can hurt people you know all of these things take effect when you fool around with people and you know it has an impact not only on the two people but on their families on their future lovers on, on everybody Sex is like a sacred thing. And when you engage in sexual activity, you're really connecting to that person on a, on a deep emotional level. And you're accepting that person for who they are, despite their flaws. It's really an act of love. You would say it's not, and you would say, oh, you know, you want to say you love this person, but I would say, if you're having sex with somebody and you don't love them, then what are you doing? Every person besides maybe one or two people that I just wanted a, 
say I was having sex and feel like I was having sex and brag about it in my younger days, you know, every person that I've experienced sex with is somebody that I care about. Every person that I have experienced it with is somebody that I, I I've connected with on a deep emotional level and I feel accepted. And even the people that I do not feel, you know, that, that, that I, that I connected with, that was because I was drunk. I'm talking about sober sex, not drunk sex where you just get drunk and you accept anyone into your bed because you, you know, you like sex and you're drunk and you want to feel it. Okay. No, I'm talking about sober sex. When you have sober sex with somebody or sex on multiple occasions, you're having, you know, intimacy and shared love with these people. So, you know, my dreams about woman of my dreams, you know, there was, there wasn't that much sex in my dreams with the woman of my dreams. And, you know, the experiences I've had about dreams of reality, you know, there's, there's not that much experience in those realms and it happens and it goes away. What I'm here to talk about is that we cannot make our dreams cross over into reality because it's not what God wants for us. God wants us to be in his, in his image and be like him and do as he would do. And he does not want just a free for all of you get whatever it is you want. Cause then everybody'd be sinning like crazy. There's a reason why things happen at a certain point in time. There's a reason why he allows something to happen and why he doesn't allow something to happen. There's a reason behind everything that happens in your life and what is allowed and what is not allowed. And you just have to accept that. So you're not allowed to bring dreams into reality on the sole basis that it would get out of hand, it wouldn't be controlled. And eventually, it would just be pure sin, and we'd all be isolated. We'd all have our own dreams, we'd all have our own worlds, and we wouldn't be connected as the greater part of a culture of a society of, of people. And I know I harp on culture, not really culture, but society a lot, as in like, you know, the way things are in America. But the truth is, you know, we're all people on the planet and we're all trying to live to, to be the best that we can. But I can't tell you how many people are sleeping. I can't tell you how many people are programmed. I can't tell you how many people do not have consciousness of their self. The one thing I gained upon my break from reality, the structure, the 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 devotional content was the devotionalness to, you know, what you should do, what you should be, what you should understand and, and what you routinely get involved with. There's people that have never had breaks in reality. And for that, I say they have never had the opportunity to fully understand and comprehend themselves. I have, had my break, and I looked deep into my mind, deep into my subconscious, deep into my soul, deep into my spirit, everything about me and who I was. And upon starting fresh, being wiped out, 
I had to take myself and I had to grow, develop, and build myself, not on, you know, safety nets of, you know, my friends or safety net of school or safety nets of parents, but gain individual confidence, individual status, individual stance, individual strength, you know, disconnected from everybody. I had to gain it for myself as identifying as solely myself and gain consciousness of myself. Now, I won't say, oh, we could get in the spiritual talk and talk about cosmic consciousness, but I would say the number one thing I gained was consciousness of myself in an environment and how I connect to any environment that I'm a part of. I gained self-consciousness, not cosmic consciousness is what I know what's going on in the universe and the galaxy and, and, and I know everything because I'm cosmic. No, I'm not cosmic. I'm conscious of myself. I've claimed for so long I have wisdom. I have cosmic consciousness. I'm enlightened. I'm better than you because I have had an enlightenment. The enlightenment was about myself. The enlightenment was about who I am and what I am as a person and how I grow and develop as myself. Sure, sometimes I have this association with media where it transforms into, you know, uh, individual connection from who I am to how I connect to what is being portrayed in the media. But that's just recognition and consciousness of self. And one of my consciousnesses of self is, is that I, I feel like I want to be a sexual creature embarking and roll on a sexual desire. But I feel like as if that's uh, for another place in time when God deems it uh, appropriate or perhaps when I get married or if I ever get married or if I'm just on a chastity, you know, proclamation or whatever it is. I don't know. I don't want to make fun of it. I don't want to be angry about it. I just want to accept it as part of the plan. I'm a believer that God is guiding my path in the right direction. And although I'm not uh, getting everything I want right at the right moment, means that I'm probably going to have a longer life to enjoy the things that I don't receive all at one time. I will receive them throughout the course of my life in due time, at the correct time. Not all at one time. And I've had everything to have achieved and lived a full life by the age of 41 or 42. I know some people are aware that Kobe Bryant died in a, a helicopter crash. The only thing I can say to that is I'm sure he's, he's lived a full life. He's got to experience kids, NBA titles. You know, friends, colleagues, business associations, wealth, money. He experienced everything at one point in time. He lived life to the fullest. 
He had everything going on good in his life. And you know what they say about the good or the people who live a full life or have so much life of, of, of what they're experiencing is that they die sooner. It's written in the Bible. The more you live, the faster you will die. I think that's part of a lyric or something, but it's true. The thing that I'm more concerned about is not Kobe Bryant who lived a full life, but his daughter, his daughter who died, who barely even got to know what life was like, who didn't have the experience of of living a full life. But I'm sure that the daughter wouldn't go to heaven and Kobe Bryant not. I'm sure that wherever they are, they're together. And Kobe Bryant can always be the father to his daughter, and they can be together in this endeavorment of death, of what comes after death, together. So that's the bright side of a tragic situation. Not to mention the seven other people that died in the plane crash. Not to mention the the, the, the hundreds of people that die every day in accidents. People die all the time. And if we cared about everyone that, that that's dying, you know, Kobe Bryant was a famous figure. That's why everybody dropped what they were doing and, and paid attention to the passing of, of this legendary person in the basketball, in the sports world, in the competitive world. And I just have to say, I, I, my heart goes out to people who, who haven't lived their full life to people who get down on themselves and commit suicide and people who who feel like there's no way out or people who are addicted to drugs. You know, I, I'm a person who once associated myself with being a psychopath. Like, I don't care about anybody. My life was bad. But now I think to myself, I'm not a psychopath. I care about everyone. I, I, I'm, I'm the psychopath that cares about everybody, not the one that doesn't care and wants to hurt people. I'm the one that wants to uplift people and care about everybody because I, I, I love everybody. I care about people. I want people to be happy. I want them to enjoy life. I know it's tough, and I know there's people that work at a cafeteria or they work at a, a restaurant or they work at a bar or, they, or they're working at McDonald's and they make minimum wage, you know, or they work wherever and they're not making good money, but, you know, it's week to week, you know, it's paycheck to paycheck. You know, they never get ahead, never get any money to go spend on themselves. And those are the people I feel for. I want people to experience life. You know, they got pictures of people that rich people going on vacation, traveling here and traveling there. And there's people that are stuck in the same spot because they have to live paycheck to paycheck. Maybe they made a mistake when they were younger and they had a child that now they not only do they have to pay for themselves, but they have to take care of a child. Maybe they do it by themselves. Whatever the case is, is that I, I care about these people. And I want them to, to live happy lives. I, I look at my life and I think to myself, I have no reason to get down on myself. I'm a free man. I am a free man and I can live and do as I please. But some people are trapped, trapped in this cycle where they can't even recognize themselves, where they don't even have, don't even have time to think for themselves or be conscious about themselves. I feel for those people. 
I have not enlightenment about the world and the universe and everything like that. I have enlightenment about myself. I have life about myself and I have consciousness about myself, not worldly, godly consciousness. But it is that the more I think about myself, I think about how fortunate I am and how stuck some people are. And my heart and my condolences go out to these people that are striving, are working, are busting their effort every single day to be the best they can because that's the true champions of the world are the ones that take care of their family, that take care of their friends, family first, then friends, and, and, and you know, have faith in God because God is going to deliver you. The more you have faith in God, the easier your life will get. So that's it for this episode. It's going to be called Self-Conscious. I'm Joe Wilmot for JCHW Broadcasting on Dreams. Thanks for tuning in. I'll catch you next time.